Maybe I should podcast like leaning back. Do you think that's a good? That's <laughs> a good look. <laughs> I don't think it matters. You don't think it matters? Whatever you're comfortable with. What do you mean? The people at home. I mean, you definitely got a podcast by speaking. Like, you got to be in the mic. Oh, you got to be looking into the to the camera, talking into the microphone. I mean, not necessarily look. You don't want to look into the camera. This is important footage, like uh, Cootie when he's in, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm Cootie. You're Cootie. Um, you've committed. You've I'm Cootie and Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Three, two, one. Kevin. That wasn't very enthusiastic, Alex. Kevin. All right. That's good enough. Kevin. Stop. All right. All right. All right. Kevin, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see you. Long, <laughs> long weekend. How are you going to tell me I'm not high energy and then hit me with the good to see you? <laughs> I don't know. I love the shirt. Where did you get this Nickelodeon li- uh, slime green shirt from? Arden got it for me for Christmas. Wow. Yeah. It's from Dumb Good. Dumb Good. Yeah. Some new streetwear brand bringing back 1994 Nickelodeon merch. Yeah. Were they the same people? I think those are the same yeah. people that did the Blockbuster video merch. Yeah, they did the merch. Blockbuster video merch. They did the Seinfeld merch. They, they do a lot of merch. Shout out to Dumb Good with the uh, free ad here. Yeah, they got, they got a lot of good merch there. Dumb Good, uh, you know, sort of sponsor the pod. That'd be a great sponsorship. Yeah, they uh, clearly love brands. That would, they do love brands. I'm on their website right now. They got a lot of Hello Kitty stuff. They're doing uh, collabs. Collabs, collabs, collabs. Yeah. Well, uh, good to see you. Ooh, fuck. They got some pretty tight stuff here. Jurassic Park. I'm not even a Jurassic Park fan. That's just a cool. Little if little you little. love the 90s, you'll love Dumb Good. <sighs> Everyone loves the 90s, Kevin. The 90s are so back. Um, I went to see Billy Eilash uh, this yeah. weekend. Yeah, um, at Madison Square Garden, I was uh, both the oldest person in the world and the room. Um, no, there actually were were some some older people there, but like the average age was probably like eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. seventeen, maybe. And those kids dressed like straight out of nineteen ninety four. Oh, good for like, them! It was it was uh, sort of butterfly clips and tiny backpacks and. Uh, UFO pants and just just wow. fully 90s everything. So if you're a kid and you were born in 2004 and you want to dress like the 90s, dumbgood.com. In your section. Free ad. Were you, did you say you're the oldest person in your section? No, 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 no. There were certainly parents there that had to, were there to take their you, young kids. <laughs> <laughs> were you the were you the uh, oldest person sans kids there? Potentially, yes. Um, but was I um, the one the 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 beer lines were short? The oh, men's room wow. lines, not a single man wow. in sight. Um, uh, you know, no one. It was it was it was quite enjoyable <laughs> in the fact that I would go just get a beer. A uh, G slice shop is there now. Just like oh, wow. no lines for anything. Just just. Just young kids, and I'm there, you know, <laughs> drinking my 24 ounces, tall boys. 16 bucks for a Miller wow. Lite tall boy at Madison Square Garden. I love New York. Hell yeah. Um, no, it's it's just funny to me. It, I, you know, I was there for a cultural excursion. I was just, yeah. trying, to, just trying to get my finger just on the to pulse. Observe, yeah. yeah, observing trends and styles. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I got a... I feel you. Anthropology, Kevin. I went to an Action Bronson, Action Bronson concert last yeah? Thursday. For, and, for uh, the culture? Yeah, yeah. No, I I love him. Mm-hmm. And uh 
It's quite man, mind expanding. But yeah. there were some, there are a couple old people there where I was like, "How the <laughs> fuck did you get here?" Wow. <laughs> How old are we talking here, Kevin? Like probably maybe like sixties. Oh, whoa, really? Yeah, I... like a six-year-old man with like a button-down tucked into his cargo shorts at an Action Bronson show. Yeah. Wow. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I like to. I like to think about how people mm-hmm. got to the concerts and what yeah, yeah, broke them. And I always love seeing some old guy or hell yeah, you know, somebody who doesn't particularly fit in at the mm-hmm. Action Bronson Earl Sweatshirt concert. Was Earl Sweatshirt the opening act? No, he was actually the closing act. What does that mean? He, he so it was a it was boldly James and then Action Bronson and then Earl Sweatshirt. Really, is Earl Sweatshirt a bigger draw than Action Bronson? Mm-hmm. What's that? What's Earl Sweatshirt? been doing lately you just released a new album there it goes i guess that's so. a great podcast amazing um yeah no the billy ash show is really good she's fucking super talented and she puts on a crazy show and um i, I kind of like watching like a pop show i don't know if you've ever been to one but like to see like a pop artist do like a world tour type stadium like i've seen bieber before i've seen some like you know i like to see a, like a show it's like a you know it's it's, yeah. it's, it's just like entertainment and you know the 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 spectacle of it. All. I guess that's why they call it a show. No, but I mean, like some some artists you go see, uh, like John Mayer played MSG last night. Like he's just gonna be. He's just. Did gonna you be go sta- to that one too? I did not go. He's just gonna be on stage, standing there playing his songs. People love his songs. His songs are you know uh, timeless. And but like when you go see a, a pop song, there's like it's it's a very choreographed spectacle, and I kind of appreciate it. There you go. Uh, Kevin, one thing in the notes. Uh, Kevin, we're both watching this Kanye doc. Yeah. Uh, episode one came out uh, this week or whatever. I think episode two comes out this week. Um, pretty good, right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I think to me, it's pretty, the footage is unbelievable. How the fuck did Complex not get a hold of this footage? You know, I feel like their whole business model is like, what's Kanye been up to? I no idea. And like this the fact that this footage has been sort of it's, hidden. It's um it's the last dance but with Kanye. It really is. And the fact that this uh filmmaker has been following him around since before he was uh successful really. Um is is remarkable. The fact that he is making making a documentary in like 2004 long before documentary like mm-hmm filmmaking for musicians was like the norm like now everyone has a documentary um but i feel like to do this back then was kind of a he was ahead of his time yeah are you gonna get the stem player no definitely not why not because i'm I'm not trying to oh because you're you're trying to support uh large corporate music interests yeah i'll I'll get this from youtube um (laughs) no i mean Listen, that's not I, very P of you. This the stem player is cool. Like I, I don't know. Have you ever watched someone use it and like how it breaks up the stems of of a, of yeah. a song and you can like kind of recreate it? I'm thinking about maybe buying one. It's pretty fucking sick. I just have no. I'm not a musician in that way. I'm not going to make anything with it. I'm not going to like sit there and try to make my own versions of songs, which I think would be really cool. I just it's not for me. Yeah, and I want to hear Donda too, so I'll find a way. <laughs> Um, can I tell my, one of the things that I loved about the Kanye doc, which we don't need to get into Kanye and his sort of mental health issues and all the things that are going on with Kanye, because I feel like each week he's like infiltrates our, our, our podcast somehow. It was kind of sad to me to see how goofy and like 
funny and like lighthearted he was and like how much his mom was such a big part of like Mm -hmm. instilling him with that confidence and like kind of being the backbone to make him feel like it was okay not to belong in like Mm -hmm. the hip hop circles and like just how confident he was that he was like sort of in between raucous which was like backpack Mm -hmm. indie rap and then like rockefeller which was very sort of like like street culture you know drug dealing rap Mm -hmm. and he was like i'm not one of the i'm I'm, i bridged the gap and like i don't know it's just kind of funny like he took out his retainer oh yeah the retainers were awesome the retainers episode one yeah the highlight he's just like the retainers are everywhere his retainers and then like scarface is like has he even broken his jaw yet no yeah that's just him trying to look good he's trying to get his teeth right because he knows he's going to be a huge star and so yeah, I just love that he's in every scene. He's taking out his retainer, mm-hmm. putting in his retainer. He just kind of puts it on the table. Oh yeah, and people are like, Scarface is like, what? What is that? Like he did, he he couldn't identify. It. He's like, my retainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good doc so far. Yeah, um, I'm just shocked at the footage. Yeah, certainly a lot's happened since then mm-hmm. in his life. I think the doc. I don't know if this is true, but I don't know if it's going to tell his whole story or it's just going to be like, kind of the story. From the like early days to like the first album. Well, I think he would have. I mean, I would love to see. I would love to see like a twenty part. I mean, the way it's paced, right? Like, if he's been following him around since two thousand and two, like we're talking twenty years of footage. Yeah, the way they're pacing it makes me think that he stops recording him at some point, and he that all the footage that he has is from like two thousand and two to two thousand and like six. Which is pl- like that's that's great. Yeah. That's so great. Like the, the scene where he's in the back of SOBs and he does two words with most F mm-hmm. is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Oh, in my for life. sure. And he's just, you know, he's nobody. I guess we're just going to have to see. I mean, we'll have to see where it goes. But shout out to, uh, shout out to Netflix Doc. Yeah. And if you're not watching it, shout out Cootie. Shout out to Cootie. Um, just, just so cool. What a legend, though. He just quit his job to make a documentary on some dude who wasn't even like popping off that. Yeah. Like, no. Hard. I mean, listen, saw the vision. Saw saw yeah. saw what a lot of people didn't see at the time, which yeah. I think is amazing. And then just kind of went for it. And I wonder how much he's getting paid for this doc. That's another piece. Like, Hopefully handsomely. Hopefully. But I don't know. You know? I bet. It. I mean. Who knows? I'm sure. Uh, Kevin, this week, uh, the podcast is brought to you by The Dial Line. All right. What? Yeah. The Dial Line. Is run it back again. Yeah, the die line is the sponsor for Front Center. Um, and we're so proud and so excited that we have a sponsor. We have them to uh to support us and to give us um stories, which is the best part of the relationship, is the fact that they're feeding us with things to talk about and stories going on. And it's the number one source for branding news, packaging news, sustainability news. Um, they do they have job postings, they got a little bit of everything. So you could whole, you could spend your whole day on the die line. You really can, and they have uh, amazing writers too. I think it's not oh, just. Yeah. I think that's what separates the die line from maybe other blogs out there. It's like you. It's one thing to present packaging, mm-hmm. but then to in the way in which they present it, it's oh, yeah. super well written. They're spinning up the story. Yeah, they got a bunch of hitters over there. Yeah, they do. They're a great all job. writing excellent pieces. And so, as far as the die line goes, you should be reading it. If you're doing design, you're doing packaging, you're doing anything related to branding. Or if you're doing anything, you should be reading it. Yeah, it really doesn't even matter what you're doing. You should be reading it. And then the other uh, big news is the Dialon Awards, which um, unfortunately the deadline is this week. So um, they have extended the deadline for those people that have been asking, saying, please, please extend the deadline. 
But this is the final, final, final. No more extending. So So stop asking. So stop asking. Just stop procrastinating. And uh, and submit. Get so, that motherfucking case study together and send it in. Yeah, just find your best six images and uh, send that in. Write a little write up, and you know, just just know that the images are what matters. Yeah. So spend time on getting the right photographs or the right mock-ups or whatever it is, and then you know, put it out there. And that's from somebody who judged the Dylan Awards last I have, year. I have judged the Dylan Awards many times. Oh, many and, times. Um, I may be d- judging it this year. I think I am. Um. Yeah, people, little insider information. Like the people that are judging the award shows are going to review your case study more intently than the, probably the words that you write. So my advice to you would be don't write a 17-paragraph sort of backstory on your but project. Is that just maybe you, though? No, I mean, I just think it's just the truth of like award submissions. So get, get you know, it's a, it's a visual medium. Keep it short. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. You know, talk about what makes it different and then get the right photos and get the right images of your work and submit. But also, if you feel the need to write a 17-paragraph essay... Listen, go for it. But I'm just saying, if the writing portion of the award submission is what's preventing you from getting your your submission in before the deadline, just focus on those images. Get them in, write a a couple-sentence paragraph about the project, a couple of uh, pieces of information you need to know, and... And submit. Yeah, it's not that. It's, it's not as that, easy as that. It's as easy. Don't let the words get in the way. That's what I always say. TM that. Yeah. Don't let the words. Let's get that copyrighted. That's right. Okay. Um, Kevin, any other housekeeping news before we get into the uh, meat and potatoes here of the uh, Front Center podcast? It was a nice long weekend. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we had that long weekend. Oof. We did need that weekend. It was uh, beautiful. What did you do to honor our presidents yesterday? I, I went skiing. Hell yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Upstate. Uh, beautiful weather for uh, for, for uh, skiing on the East Coast. You yeah. got some ice. I, I went to Hunter Mountain. Shout out all my ep- Epic Pass holders. Mm-hmm, Hit mm-hmm, me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like a lot of ice was probably on. No, it was just like a bunch of slush. Slush, even it's, worse than ice. Not yeah, even, not, yeah. I mean, it was it was actually it was actually fine. Was the weather warm? Yeah, it was warm. Yeah. Did you uh, t-shirt? No, nah, I just did a sweatshirt. Cool. Uh, Dylan story of the week, Kevin. We got to talk about this. This is one of those stories that yeah, just let's get into it immediately. We just got to you know come right out with it. Coca Cola launches Starlight, a new to Earth space flavored beverage. And the story comes directly from the die line. And so apparently they've been teasing this for a couple of months. Hasn't necessarily. Have they? I've, I've not. That hasn't been in my uh, universe. No, no. It's so far it hasn't uh, crossed my uh, eye line. But apparently <laughs> it is a limited time flavor. It comes in zero sugar and full sugar. Okay. And apparently the signature packaging in red has been replaced with a sort of starry futuristic space looking uh package design um almost as if they said what would soda look like but in space yeah that was essentially uh the brief the flavor is called starlight and it comes from a something called coca-cola's creations platform which is a place apparently where they're going to be rolling out limited edition flavors and collaborations. 
And apparently there's a Creations logo that's in the middle of the label. It sort of looks like a square. Yeah. And it sort of has like, a, instead of Coca-Cola being in a circle, it's in a square. And it just says Creations underneath it. Um, is this an NFT or is this real life? This is real life. Um, and so a uh, description of the, the, the concept says the beverage comes from the furthest reaches of the galaxy, adding that the flavors of unknown stars twirl together with the great taste of Coca-Cola for an experience like unlike any other. The big question, Kevin, what does space taste like? What does it taste like? I don't know. Oof. I mean, th- at no point do they give any cues of what it's going to taste like, right? No. So, I, so we got to try it. Fuck. I think this put this on the list of things that we need to get in our mouth holes as soon as possible. Uh, you can count me out of that. I don't, I don't fuck with space. I don't fuck with, yeah, I don't fuck with space. I don't fuck with Coca-Cola. Well, I fuck with space and I fuck with Coca-Cola. And so I am going to have to order this for us and we're going to have to do a little taste test on the pod. Um, I I like this. I'm gonna just go out there and say, um, obviously this is um, you know disclaimer alert. I worked at Coca Cola yeah, for 11 years. I don't know if you knew. So uh, I may have drank the uh, Coca Cola Kool Aid. Um, and even, oh, that that'd be a good flavor. They should, even though uh, corporate Kool Aid. <laughs> uh, yeah, even though I have uh, not worked at the company for four to five years now. Uh, I'm still a fan of Coca-Cola, the brand, and still... Um, You're still a Cokehead? I'm still a Cokehead at heart. And the thing is, Coke doesn't do a lot of weird shit. They mm-hmm. don't. They play it safe. They do things that they know are go- is going to work in the marketplace. They don't do creative concepts that often. I'll just be honest. Like They have been pretty safe over the last probably 10 years, right? And, you know, I think they've tried some, like, orange creamsicle flavors, and they've been rolling out some 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 newer, more modern flavors. But this is kind of a, yeah, this feels, this feels different. This feels limited edition. This feels sort of like, um, yeah, this feels like the brand is open to trying something different. And I think the fact that they don't explain what the flavor tastes like that's just creating hype. I think that just creates a little bit of that mystery and a little bit of that, you know, it's a concept drink and it's space flavored. And I think that that's working on me. I'm now like, I got to try it. I want to know. I'm curious. And I think the packaging is good. I think the sort of uh, the gradient star packaging um, reminds me a bit of Kin Euphorics. I'll say it. Um, but it is. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. And I think for a brand like Coke, the biggest brand in the world in the mm-hmm. beverage space, um, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this whole concept. The fact that they're going to probably roll out some other creations and try some shit. Yeah. I just, I want to know what space tastes like. So yeah. I, I guess I will try this. There I'll, it is, uh, Kevin. We'll come down off of my, off of my platform or whatever the fuck I'm standing on. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this a taste. I don't, I don't know, man. I, oh, a lot of the times when we talk about big brand shit, I can yeah. weigh in, but just like I, I feel, I feel nothing about this. Nothing. Yeah, it just feels, it makes me feel empty. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just looked on YouTube, um, YouTube's, if you will, um, and there's a lot of people doing 
reviews doing sort of Is taste tests. I mean, apparently the uh, the YouTubers are, are, are getting their hands on this. Well, what first. does it taste like? I don't know. We're, I'm gonna. Um, you want me to watch his YouTube right on the podcast? Um, apparently they've they've seeded this to people that do this kind of stuff on YouTube and do product reviews. And um, again, Kevin, when are we gonna get to this place with these people? We need to get our content, you know, game up. Yeah. Like this guy Chris Frezza, who probably just does product reviews. Um, he's got 16,000 YouTube subscribers Jeez. and, uh, yeah, he's Good doing, he's doing Burger King reviews, cheetahs, hot, hottest flames ever pepper puffs. You know, this guy's just trying out. He's, this is the job we want, Kevin. You know, right? Yeah. The guy Fietti of, uh, CPG. That's right. And listen, there are people out there and look at this guy. He's, it's, you know what? It's a guy and his kid. It's kind of cool. Um, and they're both wearing <laughs> the kids wearing some spaced out sunglasses. He's got a puffer jacket on. Uh, Kevin, you know we, these kids. If only, if only we got a kid in the mix. I know we need we need an angle, but um, yeah. I think the design of it looks cool, and I think yeah, there's that piece of mystery. I'm looking at the liquid; it looks a little red, which um, I don't know what that means, but um, doesn't have the signature Coke brown color from product perspective. So. I'm interested, and I think that's what they're going for. I think they want people to make these videos. They want people to talk about it on late-night shows. They want people like us to talk about it on the podcast. And to be honest, I think Coke has been a little safe and boring. We talked about how they weren't a part of Super Bowl last week, and I don't know. I wonder what it's going to taste like. I bet it, I bet it tastes like strawberries. It does look a little cherry-ish, or berry. That would be my guess. Yeah, berry, berry cola. Berry. I mean, they already have a cherry Coke. But, yeah, um, cherry's not a berry, is it? I just like the fact that on Reddit it says, I don't know what this is, but I like the packaging. What is the flavor supposed to be? And then the first reply says space. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I just, I think it tastes like space. And I think it probably, to your point, will probably have like a raspberry, berry something type of flavor to it. And listen, it tastes like the future, Kevin. And that's what that's what I like to see. And I think some of the imagery oh, is, yeah. is a little... You love, you love the imagery, don't you? I, I do, but it looks a little... I don't know. looks a little obvious, but I think it's cool for Coke to go here. And I yeah. think knowing what I know about the system of getting things out into the world through the Coke uh, mm-hmm. sort of bureaucracy and red tape, it's not easy to get stuff like this into the world. So kudos to yeah. them for doing it and taking a chance and trying something new and... Yeah, I've know. been saying this, but I think they should like do a re-release of their original formula with the coca leaves. Yeah, I think that would kind of be a hit. I mean, I figure think, figure out a way how to. I think there would be some logistical challenges there, or maybe they should just release the formula and then have regular people listen, reproduce it. Listen, I don't think that's something that Coke's going to do. I think they're going to. This just is spitballing here. This is. Um, <laughs> A Coke that tastes like space is like as 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 <laughs> as bold and risk taking as I think as you're gonna get from Coke. So but I like it. I think it's cool. Cool. Speaking of uh products that look like they're from the future, <laughs> segue alert, Glownuts. Glownuts, yeah. Introducing uh Glownuts. It, this is a listener submitted story and uh so shout out to Naomi Ross, and this should be something that uh you anyone who listens to the show We'll give you a shout out. Send us a story. Yeah. Like send us something. If you're like, hey, this is something that Kevin and Alex should be talking about on the podcast. Absolutely. This is news or this is interesting or in this case, something that she thought that she wanted us to try. 
Yeah, thank you, Naomi, for doing my job. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, that's... It's one less story I had to find this week. Exactly. So, glow nuts are a new type of donut. It is raw, vegan, keto, and mini-sized donuts that are made with clean ingredients that help you glow from the inside out. Kevin, get it? Yeah, 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 I get it. So, are you telling me these donuts aren't, aren't cooked? They are not fried or baked. Whoa. Yeah. I, I've read most of the FAQs on the website, and uh, they are raw, so don't, you don't need to fry or bake raw? them. They are raw. So you, I don't know. I don't know what you, you know, you just, you eat them out of the box. You ever had like powdered donuts from oh, like, yeah. yeah Mrs. Miss Freshly's? Exactly. I feel like that's kind of the vibe they're going oh, yeah. for here. This is like the modern version of that. Yeah. This is, this is definitely a modern, a modern version. I mean, the aesthetics are right. Yes. They look tasty. Shout out to Day Job, uh, our friends over in uh, yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah, Ryan, come on the pod. Ryan, come on the goddamn pod. Um, yeah, they did this branding, and uh, I think where it really shines for me is on the website. So if you go to eatglownuts.com, I mean, this is your typical amazing Day Job type aesthetic mm-hmm. where everything looks like it was designed uh, in the future or has and, and has a very colorful and playful and yeah. sort of like... Um, dare I say, fucked up in a good way, look and feel. And the thing about the day, the day job brand that I appreciate the most, copywriting. Every oh, yeah, time, right. it's always, always, always strong. Imagine eating a donut without regretting it. It's pretty strong. Um, then uh, with the health claims, it says healthy, but who cares? Just funny, you know, just good tongue in cheek. Like somehow our ingredients make an insanely good donut. Like I think that's one thing that I think brands need to, recognize a little bit or be clear of is like you don't necessarily need to sell people all the time about how great you are like Mm -hmm. i like the fact that they're like somehow our ingredients make something that's good like there's just a level of nonchalantness that i think is really funny and i think um yeah i just think their day jobs one of the things that i just love about all the brands that they build over there is just like yeah just the humor and the tone of voice and uh, I think they they do that um, really well. They do. The feeling of eating a donut without the feeling you get after eating a donut. Mm-hmm. And then the caption there says, explain glow nuts to a five-year-old. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on alert. Yeah. I'm getting... Uh... I'm getting some better bagel vibes from, from this. So... It's, it, it, I'm, it's a compliment to the work, to yes. the design work, but I'm, yes. I'm skeptical. Yes. I'm willing to try these. Yes. Um, I'll be open-minded. Mm-hmm. I think I wasn't very open-minded about the Better Bagel, but I was yes. right. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very skeptical. And, yep. Uh, yep. I would like to be proved wrong. That would be cool. But I yeah. mean... $50 for 18 mini donuts. So the price is a little high. And I think uh, for Naomi, pod, pod listener, we're going to place an order. Yeah, and we are going to place We're going to place an order and we're going to try these on the pod. So we'll come back to this story yeah. whenever these uh, get here. But I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. And I think, Kevin, you have every right to be skeptical about flavor and taste i'm going with an open mind yeah and i and i think but you've been you've been duped before yeah and i think i've been hurt i've been hurt before you've been hurt you don't don't want to be hurt again yeah i mean that's just you know put up your wall you know you're just a 
you just uh, just uh, just uh, just closed off. You know, your 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 red flags are going off. Um, I mean, they are right. Don't have to are kind of a day ender. I don't. What does that mean? Like you know when. Remember when, you know, when we get donuts in the studio and then they're just like, you eat one and then Mm. you just feel like shit for the rest of the day. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm intrigued. I mean, I'm intrigued. My, my, my expectations for this donut are, are probably low, but I think the branding and the design is like done all that it needs to do to get me curious and yeah, intrigued. It's fascinating. And, it's and it looks really cool. It reminds me a little bit of like early recess vibes, you know, kind of, uh, kind of has a little bit of that feel to it. And uh yeah, I just think the the glowing lo- glowing logo is cool and everything here is working. I just I'm dubious of the the taste here. All right, let's we'll we'll order them. Um they have snickerdoodle um I think peanut just, butter. I think we got to get a variety. Okay, pa- powdered and then chocolate. But on the Instagram, I'm seeing one that looks like apple cider. It says no bakey, just cakey. Oh, more good copy. <laughs> yeah. Cute mini vegan one net carbs and so good. Donuts for glow ups. Well, I feel like the one, it's like glow ups. Yeah. And that's wow. the term that's on that's their Instagram. Fantastic. Yeah. Good I copy. think the, the one that you said looks like apple cider is probably snickerdoodle. Ooh, okay. Okay. I just so, wanted to make sure I was. So, variety pack one. comes with two Snickerdoodles, one powdered sugar, well, powdered, no mm-hmm, sugar, mm-hmm. one peanut butter, and one chocolate. We shall see. We shall see. I'm excited about this. I actually went in kind of thinking that these would taste really bad, but now maybe the way I'm looking at it, I, I may, uh, I'm having a little bit higher hopes. Oh, you're right, Kevin. The um, Snickerdoodle is the one that tastes like a churro, which has like the apple cider feel to it. So, um, we're going to put a, you know what? I'm ready to get hurt again. You're ready, you're ready to open up and yeah. fall in love, but maybe get hurt again. Yeah. Cool. So that's the story. Glow nuts, um, new donut brand trying to reinvent the donuts. They don't say that, but that's the vibe we're getting. It does look like the, uh, sweeteners are monk fruit and like, uh, erythritol, erythritol, which, um, again, it, it's, they're trying, they're doing all the things to make it healthier. They made it in their home kitchen, which I dig. Shout yeah. Out, shout yeah, out yeah. to them. That is actually pretty cool. Going from home kitchen to a big ass production. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I wonder how big the production is now, but it's pretty cool that they are, yeah, it's like a side project, side hustle. And then Day Job does the branding and it looks now ready for the limelight. And the question is, is the taste, is the quality? Yeah. Are they donuts? We're going to see. We're going to find Put out. that order in. Put it in right now. $50 for 18 donuts. So it's out there. Speaking Expensive. of other things we're going to order. Speaking of other things we're going to order, what are we ordering? Shanty shorts? <laughs> no. No. Um, next story also comes from the die line, which is um, from a brand that I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing. This next story comes from a brand called Leinenkugel. Is that correct, Kevin? Yep. Wisconsin-based beer brand. Okay. And apparently they're famous for making a summer shandy. Which is delicious. What is a summer shandy, Kevin? Uh, it's like a beer mixed with a lemonade. That is what it is, I think. Um, it's a traditional Wies beer with a refreshing natural lemon taste. Um, it's a it's banging. It's a really good beer. It is, yeah. I'm listen. I'm in summertime. Yeah, yeah, in the summertime, I like a flavored beer. You know, I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. 
you put a little lemon or a little orange, you know, zest into Absolutely. a beer. The, wet, the weather's nice. We're outside. We're wearing sandals. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling. I'm, I'm open to it. Well, the weather, weather doesn't even need to be nice anymore because of these shorts that they're coming out with. So exactly. Apparently, because this product is very much a summer product in the mm-hmm. way that I just described it. Perfect day, sunshine outside on a rooftop. You know the deal. They are looking to try to tackle the winter mm-hmm. because they're sick of being a seasonal beverage. And so they have a, come out with a pair of shorts, but not just any pair of shorts. They're shorts for for uh, people that want to uh, brave the snow and the winter. And uh, I think they're talking about white guys, Kevin, right? <laughs> Remember we've talked about this in the podcast, how uh, there are there's a certain type of white guy that likes to wear shorts in the winter to prove to the rest of the people that he is a uh, uh, braver than the cold. Yeah, absolutely. Stronger than the cold. I feel, get pers- cold. I feel personally targeted by this. And know. so what they've come up with is a pair of shorts. They have a pocket on the side. And then on the other side, they have a USB rechargeable heating element. It's a double. It's a double-sided. They're oh, just, it's on both yeah. sides. So they have a hip beer mounter, beer bottle, holster and then on the other side they have coils kevin did you say the word coils uh, probably not coils but it's probably like some sort of like coil type thing i, I don't know i don't I, i'm not an engineer i don't i don't know how to classify this it seems a little confusing got it but these are there's a usb rechargeable heater yeah it keeps you warm inside of the shorts i guess so pretty impressive yeah i mean te- technology yeah, what? 2022 is crazy. Yeah, man. Well, I am kind of here for this beer holster, though. I think um, not so much here for the shorts. Mm. I don't really think they look that good. They're pretty gross looking. Design. Yeah, they got like a le- they got like a lemon mark, like yes, right. They got two lemon marks right by the crotch, which is kind of weird. Kind of look like balls. <laughs> what? Oh, they got two lemons like right by the crotch yeah. area. Sorry, I don't know. let's run that back. Yeah, I, mean, I don't have to say that. No, you can. <laughs> I think it's an important part. I mean, the lemons. If you put circular, you know, lemon type things by the crotch, you're just you're asking for trouble. So, um, the shorts are design wise probably not um, the most aesthetically pleasing things in the world. But also, they got an eight inch inseam, Kevin. Oh, come on. Oh, God. Uh, you know, we're talking, Kevin and I are five inch inseam yeah. type guys. So we're talking multiple inches. You know, Kev, we like to show off our thighs. Yeah. You the know? guy in this photo, it looks, they're coming right above his knee. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's completely accurate. No, that looks like he's. Um, this looks like a bad mock up. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, and the image does make it look like there are coils inside, which maybe there are. So it's a USB heated pair of shorts, and they cost only $55, which I think is <clears throat> pretty reasonable. How many times do you think they recharge? Maybe once? Oh, God. Or how do you even charge them? Do you have to fucking go home at night and charge <laughs> your shorts into the yeah, wall? Yeah, you got to plug your shorts in. Oh, yeah. Plug in my phone, plug in my AirPods, plug in my shorts, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all, the, all the things you got to do at night. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a funny idea. I think... Um, again, I think know your customer. If your customer is a, uh, is a Wisconsin white guy (laughs) and he's out there wearing shorts in the summertime and get a pair of heated shorts. And I think this like beer holster looks like it could come off, which I think is kind of interesting. It doesn't look like it does. I think that's the biggest piece of innovation right here is just a beer holster, a beer holster for for a bottle. But who really needs that? What are you going to do? Like you're going to 
go somewhere and I'm gonna stand with my hands on my hips outside. In the winter. Yeah. In the snow, in a pair of shorts. Like that's that's the thing I'm struggling with here. What is the occasion when you are drinking a beer in a pair of shorts, don't have hands, <laughs> and you want warm upper legs? No idea. Yeah. But uh if you zoom into the photo um and look mm-hmm. at the hand on the right hand side on the right side okay the person's left look at that thumb (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a pretty janky Janky mock-up yeah no i i see what you're saying so listen they uh they spent all their money on uh engineers that's really what happened here they uh they they really they didn't have enough budget to hire a good you know sort of uh, graphic designer or uh apparently even a shorts designer but hey, listen, shout out to them for trying. Um, I think this is an intriguing idea, but I think Kevin is someone that goes skiing a lot. Would you uh, like a, would, what if you went out there on the mountains? No, my thighs, had, my thighs don't need the heat. Why? If it's, if it's cold enough or if it's warm enough for me to wear shorts in the winter, I don't need the heat on the thighs. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Kevin. I need the heat on the feet. On the feet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, and they already make heated socks. Yeah, and they make heated like um, glove liners. Yeah. Why hadn't anyone thought to come out with uh, heated shorts for white guys? <laughs> Got to leave it to Line and Google. There it is, Line and Google. Shout out to them. Um, I will say this: uh, never had a Line and Google summer shandy this summer. If I if I if I see one, we'll have to get them. I'm, really, gonna, I'm gonna get one. They're fantastic, actually. That's like a really Kevin. You're coming in yeah. super in super support of the Lennon Kugel. It's like 90 degrees out. You're mm. sitting in the sun, drinking ah. a Lennon Kugel out of a cooler. Oof. Tossing some cornhole or Oof. whatever whatever you want to do outside. It's great. Ooh, they got other flavors too. They got a honey and a berry. I mean, berry berry's not my favorite. Mm. I would stick with the lemon. Okay, so you I would stick I would stick with traditional. They got a they got a grapefruit shandy and a summer shandy. I mean grapefruit kind of sounds good. Yeah. It is a um it won the silver medal at the Great American Beer Festival in 2012 in the fruit wheat beer category. Wow, it's very specific. They they say it pairs well with barbecue chicken, watermelon and freshly caught grilled fish. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, it has a natural lemonade flavor and uh listen, Kevin. This is speaking my language. I'm going to I'm going to I'm just going to put it out there. Are you going to order the shorts? Definitely not, but I think the next time I'm looking, uh, it's summertime, and I'm looking for a, a, a six-pack to bring to a, an outdoor barbecue or to do some grilling this summer outside. And, Absolutely. Uh, this, is, uh, this, this beer will, uh, will, will, has my attention, yeah. and I'm ready to give it a try. Yeah. Uh, this, this article written by Rudy Sanchez deserves a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> he should get a Pulitzer. The man is really uh, doing top-notch work. Oh, yeah. There. I mean, it was just uh, like... Yeah, it was. You should check it out. It's it's a great article. Shout out to Rudy. And uh, I will say, all three stories here today. I want to try them all. I want to try the Coke Starlight. I want to try Glow Nuts, and I want to try these beer. I don't want to try these Man, shorts. Three for three. Three for three. Should we go for four for four? Yeah, Kevin Hines is apologized for for being 150 years late. To what? They're late on pasta sauce. <sighs> so you know Hines. Familiar with Heinz? Yeah, they make ketchup. I know, I know Heinz. They make mayonnaise. They make something called salad cream. They make pi- pickles. They, they make they make baked beans. Yeah, the baked beans. That baked beans go pretty hard. Yeah, I will say they make they make the best ketchup. Okay, there is no other ketchup that is better than Heinz. 
That's Cap. What do you think is better than Heinz? Uh, Sir Kensington? Yeah. No, definitely not. Heinz is the ketchup. If you want to, there, there's just no, there's not, it's America's favorite ketchup. And it's just, it is, and it is, it, it's, it's, there's no debating that. All right. I will, I will do, I'll, I'll line up 20. I'm not going to die in the show. I, I don't really, they're, they're, bo- they're glass bottles iconic. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, they're the brand in tomato ketchup. In tomato products. Is there any other? And so of- I think they're right. They're 150 years late on what should have probably been the natural second product from a line extension. Actually, that's possibly, uh, that's um, that's assuming that ketchup was the first product that Heinz ever launched. They launched, they were a pickle company first. Really? Yeah, I think oh, so. God. I'm going to have to go and do research here. I've already said this on the pod, but uh, they, they, they were the first brand to ever do merch. And they did um, a pickle pin at one of the world's fairs or so, some fucking fair. I mean, they're giving out pickles. Um, the rest is history. Well, I don't have time here to go through the Wikipedia. Just take my word for it. The Kraft Heinz Company. But take my word for it. They were selling pickles somewhere. Yeah, but what were they known for in the first? What was their first? Pickles. Product. You know that they have 57 varieties or that, you know the story about the 57 varieties? So on each, every single package, it says 57 varieties. And so that was like a big slogan of, of different products. Like they have 57 different products. Well, now they have uh, 64. No, they have like 100 and something products. And so they've just been lying, saying just just to keep the 57 thing a part of their brand. Damn. So I'm trying to look at to what the first products were. Pickles. Yeah, it was pickles. Goddamn right. No, it was beans. No, it was pickles. No, it was ketchup. Heinz was the first ketchup brand is the biggest ketchup brand they were famous for ketchup they have the best ketchup and i will fight you if you disagree um but they never launched bring it on pasta sauce and considering that pasta sauce is mostly made from tomatoes it would make perfect sense that they would do this and so but they never have so they are um this one pantry staple has been out out of their collection until now so they are launching a uh, lineup that includes sun-dried cherry tomato and basil, tomato and chili, just regular tomato, tomato and ragu, mushroom and bell pepper, tomato sauce for bolognese, and Mediterranean veggie and chunky tomatoes. So basically, a ton of tomato-based pasta sauce. Great. Good for them. There's no way this is going to be good. And so, yeah, the labels kind of feature the signature Heinz uh, keystone, which is that. Is name. that what it's called? The keystone? Yeah, it kind of looks like a little bit like a, a gravestone yeah. in a little bit. Um, yeah, that's what they call that thing. And um, yeah, I don't know if these are going to be any good, but it feels like a very logical uh, line extension. And I like the idea that they are owning up to the fact that they are 150 years late. Yep. Ridiculously late, ridiculously good is the tagline. Is this playing a little bit inside baseball? Like, is this a little bit to- a brand talking For to itself? What? Like, do people know that they haven't launched pasta, launched pasta sauce for 150 years? And like, is this a story that is going to resonate with people? No. No, I don't think so. 150 years late. I don't know what that means. Like, 
It means that they launched in January of 1869, 153 years ago. And that... Why isn't it 153 years? Well, because 150 sounds cleaner. Um, and so, yeah, the, you know, for a brand that's known for launching and creating products in different categories, it's not just all ketchup. So the fact that they never did a pasta sauce is, uh, you know, it, it is surprising. And I think it makes a lot of sense. But again, I don't think they need to apologize for it. But I, I guess it's a it's well, a way you, it's a way in. They're not apolo- They're not actually sorry, Alex. No, I know. But they're 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 fake apologizing. Yeah, I'm not really here for this campaign. I, oh. think, it's, I think it's I think it's kind of dumb. Dumb. Kevin said, I don't dumb. even think they should have made pasta sauce. Yeah, I mean, I gotta try it. You, you can't. It's only UK. Ah, fuck you. Yeah. Really? We'll I have want- to have one of our listeners send it. Send it in. I kind of like how all the, the 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 flavors of the pasta sauce come in different colored caps. I think it's kind of a nice thing. I think the packaging, yeah, you like you like a system. I like a system. I think it's nice. It has uh, some color to it, and a little the packaging, the in stroke inner stroke has a color that matches to the cap, and then. Um, I think JKR did this typeface last year where when they did like the global rebrand for Heinz, they created like a Heinz-ish typeface. Mm-hmm. And here it is. And it looks pretty good. Wow. In action. In action. So I think this is a cool... So is this just going to be ketchup that you can put on your pasta? Essentially, yes. But I think as uh, they've earned the right to do that as the number one ketchup brand. Okay. Whatever, and- whatever you say, Alex, you're the uh, ketchup king. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the, is it the number one condiment? No. What's the number one condiment? Mayonnaise. Do you think Hellman's? Not Hellman's. Kewpie. It's number one. But more people buy Hellman's than Kewpie. That's for sure. Um, Probably. Who sells more? Heinz ketchup or Hellman's mayo? I don't know. Probably Heinz ketchup. That's my. Here's my take, Alex. Ketchup is for babies. Whoa. Ketchup is for babies. It's like sweet. It's not offensive. It's it, it's a good sauce. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's certainly for babies. Wow. Like, what is the first sauce a baby likes? Ketchup. You see, kid, babies dipping them, dipping everything in ketchup. Yeah, but I mean, this weekend, Kevin, I was putting my air fryer to the test, and I got a bag of crinkle cut fries. And what do you what what would I put on those fries? Making making aioli like an I, adult. I, Kevin, I made an aioli. I was super proud of myself. I mixed up a little mustard and mayo, a little olive oil. Mm-hmm. Boom! And it was actually really good. Wanna why though? I was out of ketchup. Well, good. Don't don't buy any more. Kevin, guess what? I got some stats for you. Yeah. Top ten best selling condiments of 2010. <laughs> so, shout out to this article from 10 years ago. I don't know if this has changed. 12. But you ready for it? Top 10 best-selling condiments in the U.S. by total sales revenue. Number one, Heilman's mayonnaise. Let's fucking go. Number two, Tostitas salsa. What? You never saw that one coming, did you? No. Number three, Heinz ketchup. Heilman's did 400 million. Tostitas salsa did 286 million. I wonder if that includes all the variations, all the variety. Heinz ketchup comes in at number three with 278 million. Number four is best foods mayonnaise. What's that? I think that's Kraft. Well, no. Number five is Kraft Miracle Whip mayonnaise. Miracle Whip? And then number six is Kraft mayonnaise. Hmm. And then number seven is French's Classic Mustard. 
A number good, good, eight is craft mayo. That's another like, and number nine is uh, paste salsa, and then number ten is Hunt's ketchup, which I think is the second best selling ketchup. So these are the America's best selling condiments. Mayonnaise, baby, from twelve years ago. But I mean, I wonder how those numbers have changed. We can look into them. But best selling condiments. I'm I'm a little surprised by that, but. Americans love mayonnaise. Americans love mayonnaise. Um, I think that's really interesting. Everybody loves mayonnaise. I would I would have thought ketchup was bigger, but I was wrong. Yeah. I'm glad we looked up that stat. Because ketchup is for babies. I mean, I could see I get the little bit of the argument. Um You're you're gonna say chicken chicken nuggets are for babies, and then you're gonna back off of ketchup? Mm-hmm. Seems a little uh hypocritical of you. Okay. I found an article from 2020. <laughs> Americans eat $2 billion worth of mayonnaise each year and only $800 million in ketchup. So not only Let's does go. Americans Americans eat more mayonnaise. We're blowing them out of the water. It's not even close. Oh, my God. Look at this chart. Okay. I'm going to have to put this on the podcast. This is – I'm looking at a, a, a chart of um, Americans' condiment use, and it's colored by uh, flavor. Can you slack it to me? I will. We'll have to put this on the uh, Instagram page. And this is this is the type of stuff that just really gets my my gears. Uh, you know, this gets me gets me going. Um, Kevin, this is a hell of a, a hell of a chart. Look at that. It's mayonnaise is dominating the U.S. market. For You're goddamn right, it is. And then ketchup is like a much uh, like a sort of a, a distant second, almost parallel with soy sauce. Soy sauce, ketchup beats out soy sauce, but not that much. It goes mayonnaise, ketchup, soy sauce, barbecue sauce, hot sauce, mustard, steak sauce, and then others. Wow. Wow. What a chart. Size of the U.S. market, $16 billion. In what year? This is from 2020. Wow. Yeah. Man, I, I it's lonely at the top being right about the... Uh, you were right, Kevin. I will yeah. give you this one. You were right. Um, I was... I would have bet on it that ketchup was a more popular u.s condiment than mayo and i was wrong and this is the type of the detour though that there's more adults in this country than there are children <laughs> you bring a good point but but think about how many burger shops how many like mcdonald's like when you go to those places they give out ketchup packets they don't really give out mayonnaise packets yeah you gotta ask no but i'm saying like, mayonnaise mayonnaise is more more expensive no but i understand that but just by pure volume of what people are consuming i just would have su- assumed that people are Think about how many things that go like ketchup goes on. Does mayonnaise mayonnaise goes on more? I know. I mean, I guess it goes tuna, and it goes on like a turkey club, and it's just it's a part of so many recipes. Every sandwich, every sandwich, like um, like sushi. Like people eat a fuck ton of sushi. There's you know mayo and spicy mayo, regular mayo. But that's what I'm saying. Like how many different dishes? You're really limited by like a hamburger, hot Hot dog. dog. Fries, fries. Yeah, you're really limited. And like you know, chicken you, tenders. Chi- yeah, sure, chicken tenders. You can have that. Anything that you get at a fast food restaurant. Onion rings, some eggs. I love ketchup on eggs. Yeah, that's I love, I, yeah. I love uh, ketchup, I would, ketchup and Frank's Red Hot. It's such a great mixture for eggs or just in general. Like home fries. Yeah. No, eggs, I mean, yeah, I mean, anything. just this is this is this is this is shocking. I will say that. This is a shocking stat, but I think, listen, the numbers don't lie. Mayonnaise, mayonnaise. The is, numbers are in. We love mayonnaise. Numbers are in. Americans love mayonnaise. And uh, I I was wrong. Kevin was correct. 
Um, and uh, we, this is this is the type of detour that this podcast we love to see around. Yeah, here. yeah, we love a good detour. Because what we're talking about pasta sauce. Who cares? The number one condiments in America by uh, by by consumption, by by and by revenue. Come on, that's the kind of shit we're into. Okay, let's finish strong, Kevin. Uh, Peloton stock is tanking. Uh, the latest in the update, uh, or the latest in the Peloton saga. We've been tracking it here. Peloton, the hottest brand of 2020. Everyone was locked in their homes. Everyone, myself included, had to get a Peloton. And uh, slowly but surely, people are uh, going back to gyms. The world's opening up a little bit. And uh, um, HBO and Showtime continue to put characters on their shows where they die on Peloton products. Yeah. I doubt that that had anything to do with this, but it's kind of like... I don't know, Alex. It may have. It's bad press. And yeah. like, you know, what, what do us as Americans love more than mayonnaise? Shitting on Peloton? No, we love building something up and then tearing it down. So Peloton could could not have been hotter two years ago. And now all of a sudden wow. you got you got sales aren't what they used to be and characters dying on shows and all of a sudden Peloton I read that, is I read that they lost like four hundred million dollars at the, the in the in the last quarter of last year. I mean Which I, is nuts. That's a ton of money, but Uber loses millions of dollars each day, each second of every day and they seem to still be worth billions and billions of dollars. So yeah. I'm not worried about Peloton, but uh, stock is plummeting, and they laid off 2,800 workers. Yeah, and they canceled plans to build a factory in Ohio. Um, oh so, no! You know HBO, Showtime. Are you uh, are you happy with yourselves? Is this what you wanted? Yeah, those writers should be ashamed. Yeah, they should be ashamed. Kevin, that's really sad. The $400 million factory, you're right, in Ohio. That's, I know. That's, it would have been huge for the local economy. Yeah, that's a big deal for your hometown. I know. It would have supported the economy and then pump, you know, indirectly pump more money into the Bengals, and then we would have been able to sign more people. That's and- right. That's that's <laughs> that's exactly how um, uh, economics work, for yeah. sure. Definitely. Yeah, dude. Velocity of money. Yeah. I mean, I, that's sad. Uh, apparently they haven't been innovating enough. This article says this is from Vox.com who, Kevin, have you ever been on Vox's YouTube page? Yes. Really good. Yes. They do a lot of really good stories. I I, I watched one about maps. It was really cool. And then that, uh, Netflix, uh, doc series I got explained. Yeah. It's a good one. Pretty much the same thing. That's, that's a really good one to get stunned and watch. Yeah. The one I watched was about maps and how like the modern map is totally wrong. And so like, because the earth is flat the earth isn't flat but like the map that we use we like flattened it Mm -hmm. but like it doesn't account for scale yeah so like as you go down further down things are smaller than they appear Mm -hmm. on the map so like canada isn't as big as we think it is like on the map it looks big yeah but like in reality it's not as big as it looks to us and it like Again, this is the type of shit when you watch well, it. It looks high, huge. Yeah. It looks huge, and and you think of it as big. You're like, wow, Canada's fucking big because you've just been looking on this map. It's warped, and it's the map is fucking warped, and not like kind of warped. It's like intensely warped. Well, what else have they been lying to us about? That, I mean, this is the type of stuff that gets conspiracy theorists and the like. Their fucking <laughs> brains are broken. Like, if this Canada is not nearly as fucking big, and yeah, like there are parts of this of this world that we live in that like I thought were sizable continents turns out no they're just far from the the equator i know crazy stuff it is crazy shout out to vox do you know that uh it's canada united states mexico in what in that order 
top to bottom. Well, that you, you know, Mimal, right? Well, what is that? Minnesota, Iowa. <laughs> what are, I don't know what you're talking. About. I don't know. Never mind. Okay, it's, it says come. <laughs> That's where we're getting to. Yeah. Hell yeah, Kevin. What's behind that? Keep it classy. Um, last story of the day: Michelob Ultra introduces new '90s inspired cans featuring the iconic game NBA Jam. Um, Alex, did you spend your whole childhood playing NBA Jam? I don't know about my whole childhood, but I definitely used to go to Nathan's, and I certainly would play um, video games at the arcade, and definitely would pick Starks and Ewing and get out there with some NBA Jam stuff. Was Nathan's right by the arcade? Because that's pretty sick. Nathan's was, it was half, it was like three quarters Nathan's, one quarter arcade in my hometown, and it was like the size of like, a shopping mall and hot dogs were a nickel and hot dogs were just five cents <laughs> and uh, a cheesesteak you could get for a quarter. Um, no, I mean, this was, uh, um, yeah, this was a big part of my childhood. Like I would, um, we would, we'd get high, we'd go mm-hmm. to the park, smoke a blunt, <laughs> go to Nathan's, maybe eat something, but maybe not just mm-hmm. go play Daytona USA. You ever play Daytona? The, no. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, play 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 games at the arcade. This was like a big part of my like. So are you big? Are you big barcade guy? No, I mean, listen, I I'm a grown adult. You know, <laughs> I don't play video games much anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's certainly a nostalgia piece of this where like NBA Jam and listen, every single '90s trend is back in every way. We started the show talking about Billy Eilish and uh, you know the '90s uh, sort of resurgence of. Every single person born, uh, you know, in the 2000s now is dressing like the 90s. So bring back NBA Jam. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Did you play NBA Jam, Kevin? No, not really. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think that's what's... Did we, just, did we set the story up? I feel like we did. Okay. So and <laughs> Michelob Ultra, familiar with the beer. Um, not a good beer. Do you drink Michelob Ultra? Um, not... By choice. No. So the NBA All-Star Game uh, was this weekend. Kevin, did you watch? I watched the slam dunk contest. This was truly awful, but there's no <laughs> stopping Obi Toppin. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They need to do something about the All-Star Game. Uh, the slam dunk contest. I mean, yeah, they need, they need to do something about the All-Star Game, too. I actually watched the All-Star Game, and I thought it was pretty entertaining. Steph yeah. Curry would not miss. He was just shooting from everywhere. How many points did he have? 48, maybe 50. Damn. He was... Unstoppable. Oh, yeah, because Cleveland booed him, right? Well, they booed him, yeah, and I don't know why that was. Because the because he tormented them in the finals for like sure four years, five so, years. So him and LeBron were on the same team, and it was in Cleveland, and cl- like clearly the game starts, and like LeBron's going for MVP, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he's just shooting threes and shooting everything, and he was it, he wasn't having much luck. LeBron's mm-hmm. kind of uh, you know just was his shot was was a little off. LeBron's not the greatest shooter in the world. And Curry just starts pulling up from fucking half court and just starts training threes, literally left-handed, right-handed, fade away, people in his face, you know, the corn, like legitimately just would not miss. It's the greatest shooter of all time. And it just, at some point, we're talking about the best players in the NBA, mm-hmm. all of them, just were like, fuck, man, Steph is <laughs> Like he just like the show became the Steph show and he just like couldn't miss. And he was just LeBron just realized he was like, well, I'm not going to win the MVP here. And so he just started trying to set 
staff up for the craziest shots. Mm-hmm. And, um, what also I thought was cool was it was, they, you know, the NBA is doing this like 70, it's the 75th year. Mm-hmm. So they did this like top 75 players team. Mm-hmm. And so during halftime, they had, uh, they didn't have like a, a musical performance. They had uh, all the 75 best players in past and present there to like just wave and say hello, <laughs> excluding some of the, 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 the players that passed away. But it was pretty cool. You know, Michael Jordan was there, you know, Patrick Ewing was there, you know, all, all the greatest NBA players of all time. Trey Trey Young was there. Trey Young wasn't on the list, but I imagine he could get on the list. They did have a bunch of modern players. They did have, um, like Giannis was on it. Giannis Giannis was on it, which I was, you know, again, Harden's on it. Um, Durant clearly LeBron's on it. Um, Steph is on it. Um, they left Kyrie off of it. Remember there was a bit of a controversy there. Um, but yeah, it was kind of cool. They had Shaq and Ray Allen and Garnett and Paul Pierce. And I don't know. I, I live for that shit. I love to see yeah, the, 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 you know, the, the greats all together. And so I thought that was entertaining. And then, um, the game was, they do that thing where they like play to the end of every quarter. Mm-hmm. And then like the last they, there's like a target number they're trying to hit. I don't know. They are trying to reinvent the rules of basketball. Um, LeBron hit the game winning shot. So LeBron didn't win MVP, but he had the sort of, uh, yeah, he's five and zero oh in these All Star games. He had the game winner, and Steph was unbelievable. So, for all of that, so apparently um, <laughs> Nikola Ultra, because it was All Star Weekend, they had a sort of limited edition can that had um, sort of uh, ex players on it, or they had sort of a they had a party, mm-hmm. and they had sort of DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fat Joe. And then they had Clyde Drexler and Dikembe Mutombo, Dominique Wilkins, and a bunch of other players who were uh, famously in the NBA Jam mm-hmm. game. And so they had some sort of arcade arcade setup at, at the All Star Weekend, I would imagine, in Cleveland. And then they are they releasing these cans, Kevin? I think so. Yeah, it's I, cool. One one thing about this uh, article from Rudy Sanchez, shout out to Rudy again. According to the Guinness World Records, the arcade game generated over a billion dollars in its first year, setting a revenue record. That's wild. Shout out to fucking that stat. A billion dollars in quarters. In the first year. How many quarters? Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they created a barcade and they sort of set up a, you know, essentially a party. That's what all these brands do during All-Star Weekend. This one had an arcade. They made some merch. They made some, uh, some limited edition packaging. Unclear whether they're going to launch us into the, uh, they're going to put this out in the world. Um, select Cleveland bars. So during All-Star Weekend, it's cool. There, I just went to the website, um, enjoy it, like it's 1993.com. Pretty, yeah. Pretty cool. Good. Uh, kind of looks like something day job would do. Really? Shout out to them. I mean, it, sh- it just looks like old. 19. Yeah. I don't think it looks like something they would actually do. But uh, I don't know. I'm. The thing I don't like about this is like they like redid the faces of NBA Jam. Like they mm. they put the Michelob logo on the NBA Jam box, like on the front lower panel and then the two side panels. I don't know. I just let it. You you have your logo literally everywhere in this installation. Like Got maybe just it. give us a break and have the just have the classic NBA Jam. Like mm. just keep the machines classic. Oh, you mean the actual arcade games? I thought yeah, you were talking the, about the packaging. No, the bo- like the yeah the the I'm talking about it like it's a box because I guess it is, but yeah the the arcade games. Yeah, all like you don't need that many logos everywhere. 
yeah. just let the let the machines be sure. OG. I kind of like that they did this like Nickelodeon Ultra. They kind of like flipped the NBA Jam logo. I kind of I kind of think that's kind of cool. I think it's all right, but like don't, don't put don't it everywhere. Put it, don't put it on the machine. Yeah, can I? I'm I'm looking at the party that happened this weekend. Um, performance by Fat Joe, Jazzy Jeff. And Corey Towns, Corey Towns, I worked with him at Robot. He's uh, Jazzy Jeff's son, and he is a uh, DJ slash like social media manager. So shout out to Corey. Nice, good that's up, a good bro. look for him. Yeah. He's uh, he's 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 a really nice he's a really nice guy. Yeah, big good. big fan of Corey. Um, and uh, cool. To see Do you his. like these? You like these cans though, Alex? Um, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I just think that like again, everything '90s is. I'm starting to get '90s fatigue. I guess that's what's happening here. And I think we'll just wait till you get 2000s fatigue. <sighs> I just think it's like every inch, every every trend, every movie, every video game, every design um style, everything that's 90s is is being mined for creative purposes you and, right purposes. and i think listen does it make sense to bring in nba jam for all-star weekend Mikkel ultra does a sort of collaboration with whoever the video game company is midway to do this i bet midway is probably cashing in on 90s fever right like oh yeah they gotta be doing collaborations with dumb good who kevin's wearing the nickelodeon 90s shirt like Today's, you know, 90s episode. It's just, there's just so much 90s stuff. And I guess maybe I'm just growing a little tired of it, but I'm also wearing a trucker hat. And so <laughs> that's the way we end the program. Thank you, Kevin, as always, for joining. Oh, yeah. Thanks to the uh, millions of listeners at home. Uh, send us stories. Yeah, send us stuff. And especially if you're like products, I don't want to try this because I don't want to waste my uh, $50, but I want Kevin and Alex yeah. to do a little taste test. We'll make on- Alex waste. The company. Yeah, money. this is uh, you know, this let let's charge to the pod. Yeah, we'll charge to the company card. Charge to the company card. Uh, my boss has approved at least you know uh, a couple of purchases a month for the podcast. So shout out to him. And uh, you know, we we are we can we can um, we we can we can do some taste tests, but also to these brands, send us some shit so we can try yeah, it. I, I mean, listen, yeah, the people absolutely. the people clearly like when we try things and review them. So. We're gonna review some stuff. We'll uh, we'll get our hands on this uh, Coke Starlight space product. Oh, Kevin, we didn't talk about UPS doing fashion, but we can talk about that next week. Yeah, it's pretty good. Cool. Thanks, right. everyone. Great. Peace. Have a good one. Peace.